It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the final drive here on Friday. Want to thank everyone for tuning in this afternoon. And of course, Michael Bronner has been enjoying vacation this week with his family due to return to the show on Monday. And Nathan's done an outstanding job producing the show this week behind the glass. Want to thank him before the show is over and thank him early in the show for keeping everything together. And I've had a guest host every day here on the final drive. And today on Friday nights, folks, I have an opportunity to cover high school football on Thursday and Friday nights. And most of the times when I'm at a game, I see a great and prolific writer in the stands, keeping stats and interviewing coaches. Mr. Darren Patterson, joins me this afternoon on the final drive also known as mr dp mr dp good afternoon oh yeah and welcome to the final drive oh yeah thank you sir so this is where the magic happens this is definitely where the magic happens at 1100 dolphin street here in mobile alabama and can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me this afternoon and of course there's plenty going on i know that in your writing your ventures have taken you to Detroit, of course, here in Mobile. You've written for Press Register, The Call News, The Land Yap, and do a phenomenal job. And you are a Detroit Lions fan? Well, you're going to call me a fan now. Okay, now look, as a, as a, as a sports writer, you're supposed to be non-committal, okay? But living in Detroit for so long, I fell into the poor, helpless lion fan thing. And, yeah, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, but I am not really a committed fan, but I'm there. Okay, all right. Well, that, that's something you don't see too often. Yeah. But, you know, the Detroit Lions, they, they do have a little Alabama flavor on their roster now for sure. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. But the transfer portal has been a topic for discussion here for the Alabama Crimson Tide, for the Auburn Tigers especially. Since the A-Day games have ended, you've seen players come and go, and today Alabama decides to strike it up again mm -hmm. in the transfer portal, and this time they go on the defensive side of the football again. They decide to go with UAB's Jalen Key. A defensive back last year had three interceptions and 60 tackles for the Blazers. All-conference, honorable mention, and he's going to join Louisiana Lafayette's Trey Amos, who earlier this week decided to go ahead and verbally commit to the Crimson Tide. But Nick Saban being very busy defensively, having an opportunity to jump in the portal because yeah. – he was quite honest, Mr. DP, when he was asked. They asked him, was he going to go to the portal, whether it be from the quarterback position. He said he wants the best players available. Yeah. 
And with that being said, you're looking at a UAB blazer and a raging Cajun that are now going to wear the crimson and white. Look, let's, let's, let's understand. This portal thing is really going to help a lot of colleges, a lot of teams, a lot of programs. And Nick is not uh, immune to the fact that he needs to make some changes. And these changes are going to help Bama. Bama had some issues last year. Everybody knows that, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And this is going to help bolster that secondary. This is going to help bolster that defense on that side of the ball. They're going to have to make sure that they get back into attack mode. They've got to get back into attack mode. You cannot sit down and wait for teams these days. You have to attack from that side of the ball. And Nick's very aware of that. So the portal is going to help them greatly, especially with this pickup. And Alabama had to go ahead and replace on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary, mm -hmm. Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, DeMarco Hellams, and Jacquez Robinson and Traquan Fagans. They went ahead and have already departed. So you had some opportunities in the spring when you looked at Malachi Moore, who had started before but had had some injuries, Christian Story is going to be someone who's going to have an opportunity in Alabama's secondary. Caleb Downs, the phenomenal freshman that everyone's been talking about. Earl Little Jr., and of course everybody knows about Kool-Aid, McKinstry, and Terion Arnold. But having an opportunity now with the addition of these two defensive backs to kind of replenish your depth. And I think that's the key. I'm really looking at, at, at Kool-Aid's um, evolution. I'm looking to see where Kool-Aid comes this year because Kool-Aid's uh, projected to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. That got my attention. And I've watched him over the years, and I'm looking for him this year to do big things, be a leader for that defense, because they have got to get back. Corey, they've got to get back into attack mode. Got to. And, and it starts in the front, too. But the five transfers since the end of the season, of course, the biggest one that made the biggest splash was the quarterback, Tyler Buckner, coming in from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Now Coach Saban having five scholarship quarterbacks and also – C.J. Dupree from Maryland, Tresman Marshall from Georgia, and, of course, Amos and Key, both of the additions this week. But also what I found today, there was a report that has gone out stating that Alabama's incoming freshman, Tony Mitchell, who was arrested for the gun possession and the marijuana in the car, may have an opportunity to continue to be part of the Crimson Tides program. Now, two months ago, if you were to ask me, will Tony Mitchell ever right. put on a Crimson Tide uniform, Thought he was gone. I would tell you there is no way that Tony Mitchell would be playing for the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban under any circumstances in 2023-2024. Mm -hmm. I just knew that that was not going to happen. But now you, you, these kids now are they, they're getting a second chance. And like we talked about before we came on the air, what they do with that second chance is all up to them. Yeah, what he did was not great. Yeah, what he did was pretty bonehead. But you cannot just throw him out. You cannot just throw him away and say, okay, it's over for you. He's a kid. He makes mistakes. We made mistakes, Corey. Sure. You've got to make sure that you give these kids an opportunity to understand what they did 
and come back and come back from it. We've got some people coming on that I'm sure can speak to that. Coach Kelly, for one, looking forward to him talking about this situation. So you've got to be able to understand these are kids, man. These are not people who are thinking with a wealth of experience in life. Yeah, they can run a ball. Yeah, they can catch a ball. Yeah, they can throw a ball. But what do they know about decision-making? What do they know about doing the right thing? What do they know about doing things that can affect the rest of their life? And those are the things that we ca we've got to make sure the kids have an opportunity to correct and not just throw them away. Alabama does have what they call in Alabama's College Recovery and Intervention Services. And Tony Mitchell, a former four-star prospect from Thompson, Alabama, did get arrested in Florida during the spring break. Did not have an opportunity, of course, to participate in the spring game. Was suspended from all football activities, but still was enrolled in class. And according to Mitchell's father, he will soon have this case closed. And if it is closed and Tony Mitchell is able to come back to Alabama and be part of their Chris program mm -hmm. and go to recovery processes, I think that in life, yes, a horrible mistake by Tony Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And he found out real quickly because when we watched the video, he was weeping and sobbing, knowing that, do you know where I play? Do you know Coach Saban is going to let me go? So he knew the mistakes that had been made. Right, right. And it's one of those to where if he's able to get into an in intervention program and allowed to continue to play, Here's the question that I do have, Mr. DP, in life. If he's not a four-star prospect, mm -hmm. if he is the average Joe, mm -hmm. would he get that second opportunity to play football? And that's the biggest question at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my answer to that, my personal opinion, is no, he would not. Absolutely. The average Joe does not get that opportunity, Absolutely. does not get that second chance. Now, do, does everyone in life deserve a second chance? Absolutely they do. Mm -hmm. But the average Joe is not going to get that tremendous opportunity to play, to go back and be at the pinnacle to where they once were. I give the universities credit for addressing the issue. We've got program uh, departments now that are there to deal with these kind of situations. We didn't have that before. Sure. Now you've got people who are paid to get that call late at night, okay, at 1 o'clock in the morning. Hey, this guy's been arrested. This guy's done this. This guy's done that. I give universities credit for understanding that these are young men and women. These are young people, Corey. You cannot just assume that they're going to come here and do all the right things. That's not going to happen. So now at least the universities are addressing it, and we need to make sure that they understand that what they do with these young kids now after they've made these mistakes, what happens after that? Do they get the right direction? Do they get the right opportunities in counseling and understanding? And a lot of times when you make that first mistake, that's got your attention. Sure. I'm sure this has his attention. It definitely has his attention. It has the university's attention. It really has the country's attention because 
you've seen plenty of times in the professional ranks. You you get in trouble, of course. You're able to have that slap on the wrist and and to get great defense attorneys and pay for that. But Tony Mitchell, by having the gun, admittedly so by him, he he knew nothing about a gun, and that's one of the charges that I think will be dismissed and dropped. Mm-hmm. But I think what what you're learning here is definitely that you're innocent until proven guilty. And I just didn't think that Tony Mitchell would have an opportunity to continue to play for Alabama. And if he does continue to play for Alabama, his story will be one that can wake up other student athletes. And I think that that his testimony will be greater than a lot of others that have gone through some of the similar circumstances that the average Joe or the regular college student may have gone through, and he can help others. Mm -hmm. Now, again, by no means what he did was right. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he went to jail in Florida because of it. Mm -hmm. And coming out, I think that he will have learned from that, will continue to learn from that, and that's going to make him a better man, and that's what you want to see in society because every day we make a mistake as long as we're learning from them. They're not mistakes, they're lessons. The kids have to understand that character matters. Character matters, Corey. You can't just come out here because you can run a ball, catch a ball, throw a ball, and expect everybody to turn a blind eye to everything else you do. Character matters. And that's the thing that we've got to teach these kids. Whenever I get a chance to talk to kids, I let them know that you have to take responsibility for what you're doing, man. You can't come out here and just think because you can run a ball that they're going to overlook everything you do. They will find somebody else to run the ball. And and speaking on that, Jaquan Walton, who also got in trouble for having marijuana in his possession – on the campus in Tuscaloosa, had never enrolled at Alabama. He had just been offered a scholarship by Nate Oates, and, of course, that was rescinded. Now Jaquan Walton has signed with Central Florida. Mm -hmm. So he's down at Central Florida getting his second-chance opportunity to learn from his mistake that he made. Mm -hmm. And, again, not condoning it, not saying – that it is right because he. anytime you break the law, there are going to be consequences behind it. Mm-hmm. You can speed all day long, but as soon as you get blue-lighted, now you're going to have to go to court and face that judge, yeah. right? Yeah. So the same thing with it. Just because you do it every day doesn't make it right, but when you do get called on it, that's when you have to pay the piper. And mm-hmm. Tony Mitchell, whether he plays for the Alabama Crimson Tide or not, I personally didn't think he would have a – Opportunity. I thought he was gone gone from Alabama. And he still may be because, again, he is still suspended from football activities. Mm -hmm. But it does look like Tony Mitchell may get another opportunity to play for the Crimson Tide. We're going to take a break here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Darren Patterson sitting in with me today. Again, Michael Bronner on vacation. When we come back, one of the state championship coaches newly crowned back in December and he has a plethora of athletes one that in two years is going to go to Alabama Jeff Kelly joins us next here on the final drive hey everybody this is Gabe Gross and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 
to the final drive on WNSP 105.5 Corey Labounty, along with Darren Patterson joining you this afternoon and want to bring on state championship coach Jeff Kelly. The Spartans won the 6A state championship. And, of course, with spring practice going on last night, I had an opportunity to go to Lab People Stadium and watch the Williamson Lions compete in an inter-squad scrimmage. And tomorrow night, I'll be at LaFleur High School doing the opening of their stadium as they get ready to take on the Blunt Leopards. And Coach Kelly, how are you doing this afternoon, my friend? Corey, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Have my man Darren Patterson in the studio with me this yeah. afternoon. And excited to talk about everything that's going on in Saraland. Of course, I've seen you guys working hard here in the spring. And, Coach, the first championship that has come to Saraland in football. So it's one of those things to where I know that once you receive those rings – and you see these seniors walk across the stage that paid their dues and helped you guys accomplish that. Going into the spring now, it's a totally new season as you're looking forward to this 2023 season. Yeah, no doubt about it. You've got to walk that, that balancing act with, uh, you know, you want to celebrate, you know, the good things. You want to celebrate, you know, last year's season and achievements and all the, the, the hard work that went into that. But then there gets a time where you got to kind of put it away and you got to, you know, get back to work and get back to the grind and, and don't forget, you know, the things that gave you a chance to be successful. And I think our guys have done a pretty good job. Our, our kids have done a pretty good job of, you know, uh, understanding and having a little maturity about, you know, because most of all those guys have, uh, they're returning. You know, we, we had some seniors that, we're in some key roles, but a, a large number of our guys are all guys coming back. So they've been a mature group really throughout. And, uh, you know, they've been able to, you know, kind of compartmentalize and put that aside and really get back to work and, and come out and have a, a good first half of the spring so far. We've still got some things that, uh, that we want to work on and get better at and find out about. But, um, you know, kind of pleased to where we are right now. Coach, this is Darren, and I just want to say that's pretty ominous for the rest of the state for you to say that you got guys coming back across the board there. So with that said, before I talk about what's coming up for you, I just want to know, going into that championship game last year against uh, Mountain Brook, what was the mentality? Was it a we've got this mentality? Was it a was it a, a – We've got to handle this mentality. What was the mentality going into that game for your guys? You know, I think it was just, I know it sounds bad to say, but it was another week for our guys to practice. Hmm. You know, our guys, our guys love, love ball and they love competing. And it was, you know, they did a really good job, even being a bunch of youngsters, of, uh, you know, just making it about the game and not making it bigger than it was. And, you know, really, uh, answered the bell in terms of being ready in those big moments to go play and, and you know, not get caught up in what's going on around them and just try to focus on winning the game. They had a great week of preparation. They were confident, but, you know, they had the same approach that gave them a chance, you know, through the playoffs. I think that's one reason we went up there and played really well is just the way they approached it. And, um, you know, so that's something we've got to continue to do. But, 
definitely was proud of how they went into that one for sure. Coach, you have the number one player in the state. Um, what kind of things do you do, does his teammates around him do to make sure that he stays grounded in what he's doing? We talked the other day, and you told me a lot of stuff's coming at him. And what do you do? Uh, you know, heck, no, Ryan, Ryan does a great job of keeping himself grounded. He just got, you know, that mentality to go out there and, and get better every single day. He's had a great all season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's did the things to, to work on his body and get, you know, uh, you know, some good weight put on and, you know, some, some explosion. He had a great track season this year. And we come up short kind of with the, Dealing the prelims in, uh, you know, in the hundred, you know, this past week. But mm-hmm. you know, Ryan's had a great off season, and um, you know, as far as his teammates go, they've been working too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of worried about, you know, theirself in terms of, you know, what they got to do to improve and make themselves, you know, a, a good football player. And you know, I know coming into the spring, the thing in the first six practice practices that's jumped out to me is. I think we've got a, a very good chance to be significantly better defensively. Um, you know, we only lost really one starter on that side of the ball, and a lot of those guys are a year older and a year more explosive. And, you know, spend some more time in the weight room with Coach Herschel. And, you know, I, I know the first six days of practice, you know, they, they've given us fits offensively. So, you know, on one hand, we got to pick it up offensively, but on the other hand, I'm really proud to see it. You know, it's just kind of the way it ought to be, you know. Yeah. Starting yeah. off, going into spring, the defense ought to be, you know, maybe a little bit ahead. But, uh, you know, it's been a very competitive and very physical spring practice so far. And, uh, you know, there's times when um, you cut on that tape and, and uh, it gets you excited and gets you ready to get the fall started. Coach, you're going to get everybody's A game again. Sierra Land always seems to get everybody's A game, and you're really going to get everybody's A-plus game this year. So hang in there, Coach. Uh, I, that's part of it. That, they better get our A game, too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, one thing I know about you. The thing about it is, is if we can show up and give our A game and they give their A game, you know what happens. And, and if that is the case and you got a chance to be successful, and that puts all the pressure on us to go out and just be who we are and play and maintain that uh, that same competitive character week in and week out that uh, that gives us a chance. Well, what does what does give you a chance is when college coaches continue to come to Saraland High School. And this past few weeks, you've been inundated by the number of college coaches from across the country. But when a college coach comes in and sees one guy, and then they see another guy, and then they see a third or a fourth. And it's not just normally on one side of the ball, because normally you'll see one or two on offense, and then you may see another one defensively. But your guys have the competition and competitive mentality to where when they see another college coach show up, they know that it's their opportunity to continue to increase their productivity and being seen and exposed to things that they normally wouldn't get an opportunity to be seen by. And I think that's one of the great things when you do have greatness on your campus, what happens is other guys raise their competition level to want to be great and be recruited by those other schools also. Well, uh, college coaches, 
right now would rather see our practice tape than they'd see game tape. Boom. You know, because it gives them an idea of some things. There's some guys defensively. I think Jamison Curtis has got a chance to be as good as anybody, you know, defensively around. Jermaine Paramore is a D lineman that's getting hot. Delvin Gully's a guy in the secondary and Oh, Big Tony at nose guard in there. Those guys are generating, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement and generating a lot of traffic coming through, you know. And then you've got all the offensive guys. You got KJ. You know, we've had you know pretty much a who's who throughout the first six days. If you're a you know a BCS championship level program, they've been in here to evaluate KJ over the last week or two, and pretty much everybody in the country and. You got Sante and CD and Ryan and Jordan Dees is a guy. Brandon Altry, a guy up front. So it has been a busy few weeks, but you know that's the time that um, you know I really enjoy visiting with with coaches about and telling them about our guys. And you know, hopefully uh, those coaches see something they like and give them an opportunity. Without question, coach, and an opportunity for the fans to see you guys play in the spring. Talk to us about your spring game and going beyond the spring once you do in the offseason, preparing for the 25th as Lipscomb Academy out of Tennessee will be visiting the land. Yeah, you know, we're going to scrimmage next Thursday and play uh, Enterprise. And, uh, we'll, it, it, you know, probably be an older guy's first half, younger guy's second half deal. You know, look forward to seeing a lot of guys in some game situations and hopefully come out healthy. And, you know, then we'll uh, we'll get ready to summer, you know, kick the summer off here in a few weeks. And we've got some big challenges up, you know, coming up, especially, uh, you know, kicking the season off on a, on a big stage against a really good national program. And, you know, give us an idea to see exactly where we are to start us off. Excited for you and your program and just the recognition that's being brought not only to your program but the Mobile, Alabama, and Sarah Land community on a national level in so many different sports, whether it's track and field, whether it's your baseball, whether it's your football program, so many great things going on in Sarah Land, Coach Kelly, and we're excited to be a part of that and to be able to witness that each and every week. And we want to wish you guys the best, staying healthy, moving forward. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you guys having having us on and uh, enjoy your show in the afternoons. And keep rocking and rolling. Appreciate we'll do you it. Guys. All right. Take care, Coach. Jeff Kelly, yep. the head football coach of the defending state champion, Sarah Land Spartans, joining us this afternoon. And Scheduled to join us next here on the final drive, a former South Alabama head coach, former receiver at the University of Alabama, and currently the head coach at, excuse me, assistant coach at Mississippi State, Joey Jones, scheduled to join us here on the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Chris Samuels, you're listening to WNSP 105.5 Roll Tide, and God bless. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5, and of course, 
leading into this Mother's Day weekend. Want to make sure we wish happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. And, of course, those whose mothers have gone home to glory. We want to let you know that you're still in our thoughts and prayers. And, again, happy Mother's Day to all those mothers who are listening this afternoon on the final drive. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And someone who always has a smile on his face when I see him, former South Alabama head football coach and current assistant coach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Joey Jones, joining us this afternoon on the final drive. Coach, good afternoon. How's everything going, my friend? It's going great, man. Good to hear from you guys. Likewise, How you coach. Doing, coach. You doing good, hey, Darren. Coach? How are you? I'm good, coach. How about yourself? Man, doing great. Very good right. to hear you. All I right. talked to you in a little bit. Oh yeah, I know. We always uh, have a good time whenever we talk, coach. I'm glad you could make it on and just tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on in Joey Jones' world these days. Well, uh, you know, uh, they hired me up here, uh, I think February the 6th. I've been here over three months. And uh, basically to recruit the state of Alabama um, and, you know, kind of help the head coach with some things. Um, so it's been really fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, really get into the recruiting end of it. And uh, so anyway, we're, 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 we're thinking about what we're doing. It's you know, a couple hours away from Birmingham or home is so um you know as a matter of fact i'm driving back right now uh, to birmingham so i'm able to get home a lot and, and all that so it's, it's really a good job really love working with coach Arnett. that's pretty good you know a lot of people coach don't really know a lot about your history a lot of guys here the younger guys particularly and you and i always talk you know they've replaced the turf at lad stadium many times now but your skid marks are still out there from when you were at Murphy, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that Joey Jones was one of the fastest human beings to ever come out of Mobile. Um, that was a good time, Coach. It was good times watching you play. Good times watching you play at Alabama, and I think what you did at South Alabama will always be there for people to understand how much you meant to getting that program off the ground. So, in that regard. Just want to say, from a lot of people, I'm sure, thank you for what you did out there, Coach. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We did some good stuff. And, you know, taking on a, a brand-new program is always going to be a tough deal. But, you know, I, I really wanted to do it. And remember I talked to Kane, he played my golf tournament uh, on Tuesday. And he came up to me, he told me this several times, and said, you know, not many people know, you know, all the stuff that y'all had to go through, and, and now we've got you know new stadium and indoor facility and all that. But uh, anyway, it's kind of one of those deals that uh, they call it. I guess they call it uh, pioneers uh, suffer and settlers prosper. You know, so <laughs> absolutely, anyway, it, it was good, good time. That's good. We're speaking with Joey Jones, assistant coach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and coach. Most coaches don't have an opportunity to go to a school a second time. Of course, you were there a couple of years ago heading up the special teams, and Coach Zach gives you that call and, and wants you to come back and help recruit this state of Alabama, which I think is, is pretty cool for you to be familiar with Mississippi State for a second 
time and just the continued improvements and the continued growth in Starkville, Mississippi. I know it's an exciting time, especially with the excitement that Coach Mike Leach had brought into that program. And I know he's a coach gone too soon, but his legacy will never be forgotten either there. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and I never really got to know him personally. Um, just of course, I, my, my, my wife, she said that was his, her favorite coach, uh, hopefully other than me. But um, anyway, <laughs> she loved listening to him. And so, uh, you know, it's just a different – you don't see many coaches like him, and that, that uh, especially head coaches, because uh, they got uh, so many – most of them listen to us, and he just kind of joked around a lot, had, had a fun time. And, uh, but you know what? He's successful with the way he did it. So got to respect the man how he did it. And a lot of people really loved him, uh, even guys I'm talking to now that are, are working on the staff while he was here. They, they just – and rightfully so, Coach. And you mentioned you were here with your golf tournament. That's something that you do continue to give back to charities. Let everybody know how everything went last Tuesday in your golf game. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, we started this a couple of years ago, and it's our second year, obviously, um, and raising money for Youth Reach Gulf Coast, and that is an organization that works with 18 to 22-year-old young men that are struggling with addiction. And so uh, that those guys, when I met them, I just knew they were the, the real deal. And, you know, and we, start, we actually started doing golf tournament first, but... And then we we're trying to decide who to give the money to, you know. And um, so it's worked out doing it with, with them. And, and uh, they, 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 um, they're, they're just a great, great organization. Love the kids. and But they're, they're also disciplined with them, and they, they make them toe the line. And so, uh, so as you know, there's a lot of a big you – know, a, lot, a lot of our teams are getting into that world, and, and then it can take them in a real bad direction. So hopefully try to head some of that off. But those guys do a heck of a job. Coach, I can't believe that I didn't get an invite to the golf tournament. I can't play, but I look good, Coach. I got the shoes. <laughs> I got the hat. You know, so keep, keep me in mind, Coach. Keep me in mind. I hear you. I hear you. Coach, next year. All right. Uh, also, hang out. Yeah, no, that, that's something that I know, Mr. DP, he and I both, we, we can look good. Uh, too many divots in, in my golf swing because the listeners can tell you how my basketball game went here when we played the morning show with Mark Heim and Nick Wiggins, our producer. Didn't go the way I had planned on it, Coach, but I, I definitely should have stayed in, in retirement for sure, Coach. Zero but points. You, uh, we didn't even score. Coach, that's how you know. Some days you have a bad day at the office, but that was probably one of my worst in my career, Coach. So, so uh, with that, you know, with that being said, I, I will say this, Coach. When you look back at the evolution of football at Murphy, you guys had a lot of success, and you know, you, you enjoyed your tradition of Murphy, but football just continuing to change and. Mike Leach was one of those guys who, who really loved to throw the football around. But the, just the way that football has changed in general, not only with the way it's being played on the field, but the way coaches are having to deal with NIL and other issues off of the field. I know that that at times can be challenged, but it, it just helps you to stay a part of the game, being able to change with the game. 
Yes, it, it does. And, and, and one thing that um, we always say, you know, in the last, you know, even when I was, you know, there in uh, 2018 and 19 at Mississippi State, uh, we always just say, you know, you, you, the rules are the rules, you know. I mean, we can complain about NIL, we can complain about transfers, but we're in that world and we're, we're, we're paid to get the job done, right? So uh, we got to figure out ways to get it done and, you know, that, that, unless they change the rules, that, that's the way it's going to be. So uh, I think it's a good thing uh, for, for some. You know, I, mean, I think they players can transfer and, you know, not have to sit out, uh, except within the Southeastern Conference. Uh, that's a good thing. But I, I just think it's going to be – it almost seems like there's not a lot of uh, – starters in the SEC transferring, if you know what I mean. It's, most of the time it's backups, you know. Uh, it just seems to be that way. Maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. But, um, so I, I don't see many teams losing. You know, they're out there. There are, you know, a huge few out there, you know, but very few. But most of them are going straight into playing time. They're not happy at the place they are. So that's kind of what I've seen with it, like, especially this year. Yeah, that's definitely the transition that I'm starting to see as well, Coach. And I tell you, you know, when you look at football on Saturdays and in your, you're flipping the channels and you see the Mississippi State Bulldogs on television, we know with Joey Jones being a part of that staff, we definitely have a reason to stay locked in and tuned in to, to see the success of the guys that you're recruiting and have recruited that are on your roster from this area. But want to wish you nothing but the best in your endeavors there as an assistant coach at Mississippi State and continue to enjoy your time coaching. And again, Coach, thanks for joining us here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Stay well, Coach. Okay, man. Thank y'all very much. And it's always good to talk to people in my hometown. You two guys are great. And, and uh, y'all enjoy the day. Looking for that golf tournament invite. <laughs> Joey Jones. <laughs> All right. Joining Thank us you. this afternoon on the final drive. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bobby Humphrey, and when I'm in Mobile, I'm listening to WNSP FM 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Michael Bronner has been on vacation this week. He'll be back in the saddle on Monday, and we want to thank Nathan for holding it down behind the glass. Darren Patterson joining me in studio, and happy to have Mr. DPN with me as he's done a phenomenal job covering high school, professional, collegiate athletics during his writing career. And during the career of one T.J. Finley, the former LSU and Auburn quarterback, he finds his home in the portal at a Sunbelt Conference school, Texas State. So from LSU to Auburn to Texas State, Wish T.J. Finley the best, but Mr. D.P., we were talking about how the transfer portal yeah. has changed collegiate athletics. Yeah. yeah, it's really good that these these athletes, their career doesn't end because of a bad situation, uh, a mistake that they made or they, they may have made going to school. It doesn't end for them. The portal gives them an opportunity 
to continue their career. And, and, and that's a good thing. You know, things have changed, Corey, from the times when, when all this all began for me back in the day when I started writing at the press register. Things have changed. And it's good that we can change. That's the good thing, that we don't stay with the status quo. We understand that, that, that things now have evolved. And you have to change with the change. And that's a good thing. So I'm glad to see TJ get another opportunity to um, show his skills and possibly move on to the next level. TJ has some talent. He did. I, I think that his struggles at Auburn go back to a little bit half of his own and half of him not being blocked for because yeah. you you know Jason Campbell said it you 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 cannot be an elite quarterback if you do not have anybody in front of you that can protect you and that was need being addressed by the Auburn Tigers in the offseason and in the portal bringing in eight new offensive linemen they call it team for a reason i mean it's team for a reason one guy cannot do this and TJ, like you said, he has some talent, but he needed some people around him to help him maximize that talent. And he just didn't get it uh, when he was at Auburn. One of the things I do like about the transfer portal, though, is the fact that college coaches can leave at any point in time. Mm -hmm. They're paid millions of dollars, and they can leave and take another job with no repercussions. And now that the pendulum is kind of swung or the playing field has become even to where these college athletes, especially those who were granted an additional year with the COVID, mm -hmm. now that the incoming freshmen don't have that extra COVID year, they still have the opportunity, though, to hit the portal at any point in time without having to sit out a year and lose that eligibility of a year. So I do like the fact that you can move if you feel – I like for kids to be patient, but I will say this. In Barry Dunning Jr.'s instance, he's a McDonald's mm -hmm. nominee for All-American. True. Two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. Mr. Basketball in the state of Alabama. Goes to Arkansas, and because he's not granted that additional COVID year because it's already passed him by, now he is – essentially wasted his freshman year, he won't get that back. Mm -hmm. So with him being able to realize that, that promises weren't being held up, whoever it was that made those promises on the staff, mm -hmm. now he's able to go to UAB without having to sit a year, mm -hmm. and he's immediately eligible to play next year. We need to be just be honest about it. A lot of times these kids are recruited by people trying to keep their jobs. And a lot of things that these kids are told or, 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 or go to school for is not what they originally signed up for. So to give them an opportunity, the portal gives them an opportunity to correct the wrong. In Barry's case, uh, in Dunning's case, uh, yeah, he did lose a year. But I really believe that it's going to help in terms of his maturity. Sure. I really believe it's going to help in terms of its maturity. And UAB is getting a good player. They're getting an outstanding yeah. player. And, and you see that again across the board in college football because I guarantee UAB's Jalen Key, when he was at UAB, he, he knows Big Brother is at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And now for him to be able to be a part of the Crimson Tide in a Power Five, same thing with Trey Amos coming from 
the Sunbelt Conference mm -hmm. and the Raging Cajuns and now putting on a Crimson Tide uniform and battling in that secondary. It's a new day. That is huge for these student athletes new to day. have an opportunity to showcase and shine. Amen. New day. The final drive on WNSP 105.5, Corey Labounty, along with Darren Patterson, joining you this afternoon. When we come back, a familiar voice and name, Tommy Hicks, writes for the Land Yap magazine, does a phenomenal job. We'll catch up with Tommy Hicks next here on The Final Drive. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Hour number two of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. And again, can't say it or stress it enough. Happy Mother's Day to all those mothers that are going to be celebrating this weekend. Of course, we're not on the air on Sunday and Monday's the day after. So we'll go ahead. I'd rather catch you early than catch you late to all those mothers out there, including my own mom, Sarah Lynn Andrews. Wish you a happy Mother's Day. And Next guest that's joining us, Tommy Hicks, is no stranger to covering sports here in Mobile, Alabama. Tommy Hicks, I've got Darren Patterson in the studio with me this afternoon, and uh -oh. I know uh -oh. you guys got some great stories to tell in regards to some of what you've covered throughout your sporting time. Oh, boy. Yeah, so we can't tell, though. <laughs> I understand how that goes, too, Tommy. I understand how that goes, too. Tommy Tommy does a phenomenal job writing for Lanyap, and I look forward to picking that up each and every Wednesday. And, of course, here at WNSP, we've been nominated for, as a station, seven Nappy Awards. And, of course, this week, the final drive is nominated for the best sports show in the afternoon time, and of course, you have the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee and Triple G. They do a fantastic job as well. So, Tommy, again, you, when you look at the state of Alabama, across the state of Alabama, and really coming down here to Mobile especially, whether it's in high school athletics, collegiate athletics, of course, we don't have professional teams here that's why we're so passionate about high school and collegiate athletics is there a better place really to cover collegiate sports or high school sports than right here in the 251 not very many that's for sure Corey. i mean there's a lot of really good talent individual talent that's here in this area a lot of guys and and girls from here go on to college and professional uh Athletics should do really well. Of course, we've got a lot of a lot of teams that fare well in the uh, high school uh, association tournaments, and and all our colleges are doing well. I mean, look what you know, South Alabama football is coming along. South Alabama baseball has made a good run here late. South Alabama softball is up in the Sun Belt, uh, doing pretty well. There's won 14 straight 
heading into today. So you got Mobile's baseball and softball teams both in national tournaments. Spring Hills baseball team is going to be in a national tournament. Uh, what Coastal Alabama's uh, softball team is going to be in a national tournament. So, I mean, you don't have to look very far to find uh, find some really good talent and some uh, some teams to follow around here. That's for sure. Tommy, you're doing a great job at Landyap, man, and I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to be part of it. I appreciate it, and by the way, I'm on my second rewrite now, so don't hold that against me, Tommy, on deadline, okay? Okay. So I, I never hold it against you. I, got it. I, appreciate I do hold it. the clock against you, but I, I don't hold that against you. I know you do, Tommy. Let's, let's talk about, you know, I want to know, you know, you and I came from a time when things were a little bit different, and now the portal the transfer portal is big. NIL is big. Tell me what you think about what's happening with sports right now, Tommy, and and where do you think we're headed? Are we headed in the right direction, or do we have to be a little bit careful here? Well, I think it's a little of both, Darren. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say that you're not headed in the right direction when you're giving kids opportunities, but, but it's how they use those opportunities that I think is – is the important factor. I mean, NIL is, is great. Kids can make money off their name, image, and likeness, and uh, and that should you know that that should be fine. It's just kind of how those around it try to use it, and and as long as it's being used in in the manner in which it was uh, put in place, at least with the with the idea that it had in place. Right now, I think it's very difficult because there's just no regulations yeah. to it. Yeah. I think the NCAA needs to take a second look at it. You don't get rid of it, you know, it'll be very difficult for them to ever get rid of it again, and, and I don't think that they should, but I do believe that there should be some regulations that are on paper that all the schools and the athletes and all have to follow, and, and that's just not happening. I think that's, that's very much needed as far as that's concerned. You know, the transfer portal, that, that gives players a lot of options. I mean, it's, but again, it's how you use it. You know, are you just using it because uh, you're not playing or are you, you know, are using it against other, other the school that you're at? To, you know, one school offers you a scholarship, and this happens a lot with the mid-majors. They develop a kid, and it becomes uh, uh, the athlete they thought he might be or she might be, and then they – they then transfer to a, to a Power 5 conference or a bigger school or a bigger conference or whatever. Um, I guess you can make the argument the same thing. Coaches can do that. They can do really well at one job and, and take that performance and move on. So from that aspect, it's good. I think what's really been interesting locally is that South Alabama has made very good use football-wise with the transfer portal, it really enhanced their team. And, and it's gotten to the point now that they're not trying to find starters. They're just trying to find more depth, yeah. which is a big change in, in how things have gone. And, and when you get to that point, you're doing really well. But the second part of that is they're holding on to their players. For the most part, they're holding on, on to most all of their players, certainly the ones that they w want to keep. And, uh, you know, Jalen... Jalen Tauber could have left. Jalen Wayne probably could have left. LaDamian Webb could have left. I mean, there's, there's a number of guys that could have left and gone to other schools, but they stayed in South, and I, th and I think that's been really the key to making the transfer portal work at, at, for the Jags. I got you. Tell me, you and I have been doing this a long time, covering sports, man, and writing sports. What's the biggest change you've seen 
in covering sports now that guys like you and I have to be very, very aware of? Well, I think you have to be aware of what that, first of all, the immediacy of, of getting something out is, is very different than when we started, obviously. I mean, you could cover a game and then you go back in to the office and write and, and it came out in the paper the next day and uh, you were only worried about papers that competition from papers that were doing the same thing. Now, if you're at a game, you almost have to be right on the fly. Be putting out on social, be out on social media. What's happening with each play? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, by the time you get to it, it's just, it's hard for that creativity to flow through a whole game and then turn around and place it on paper and put it on your website or put it in your newspaper. So, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the things. And I think the biggest change is, is the availability of getting to coaches and players. Uh, you know, back when we started, it was, it was nothing to sit around with a coach and be invited to practice, watch practice as much as you wanted. You know, and, and if a coach said, you know, don't report on this or we're doing this, don't, don't do that, you worked out a deal. You either did that, you, you lived by that rule, or if you did, you weren't invited back to practice again. So, I mean, that was one way to do it, but, the, but you still had that access. And I think the lack of access these days is so much different and, and it's kind of disappointing because a lot of hard, you know, covering games and events are one thing, but, but you also, I think one of the things that I find most enjoyable about what I do is being able to learn something about the athletes and the coaches and their personalities and to write about their backstories and, and how they got to a certain position. And, and you just don't have the access anymore where those types of stories can be developed as frequently as, as, you, as we did in the past, I believe. Amen. One of the biggest things that hasn't changed, though, Tommy, is if you spell a kid's name wrong, his mama will be on the phone <laughs> to make sure that yes, you sure. know. You know, and you know we go through this, man. I, I check rosters before the game. I check with Corey. I check with Al before the game with rosters to make sure that I've got the right kid. So glad to talk to you, Tommy. What you're doing at Lanyap is a great, great job, man. Y'all are doing some good stuff. So just want to tell you thank you. And Tommy. I appreciate it, buddy. We appreciate your contribution. Oh, man. Thank you. Also, Tommy, in your time covering sports, it, and you can pick a sport, whether it's high school, whether it's collegiate, whether it's even a collegiate or high school athlete making it to the pros. When you think back on, on your writings, what what is one of the most interesting or controversial stories that you've had to cover in your time, whether it's at the Press Register or now here at Lanyap? Wow. Hmm. Um, you know I'm old, right, Corey? Hey, that, hey that's okay. Look, I'll, I'll give you a second to process that one. And, and, and look, what... Uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I guess the, the one of the things I'm I, I enjoy doing most is I when I was at the press register and I did a little bit of this uh, with Lanyard last summer is uh, I, I did a series on baseball and Mobile. I mean, when I got here and learned of the history of Mobile as far as baseball is concerned, it, it intrigued me. My my dad coached uh, Little League and Babe Ruth and Connie.
Johnny Mack, all of that. He coached all of those for, for like 30 years. So I kind of grew up in, in baseball and local baseball and kids' baseball and stuff. And uh, so I always had a little special place there for that sport. And when I learned of the history of it, I, I did a series, like a four- or five-day series, uh, back when I was at the press register a few years ago that, that I really enjoyed doing just from going and, and learning about beyond the the four guys that are in the Hall of Fame, all the other great baseball players that have come through here, the Mobile Bears, the Mobile Black Bears, the, the whole history of it and, and just kind of what, what that has developed into and it continues to develop with, with guys that are still in the pros. You know, Bumpa Thompson is up there and Ethan Hearn. We've got, we've got guys all over the place. Uh, guys who came through the Bay Bears are up there, are still up there playing and, and doing well. You had Jake Peavy, of course, had such a great career. And, and guys like Joe Spada and J.C. Romero from University of Mobile and you know, it's just such a great history, and there's a lot of great stories, and those guys were, were fun to talk to. And, and again, that gets back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. You, you get to know them, and you get to know a little bit more about them, and to be able to write those kind of stories and features about them and what was important to them. I mean, I remember part of that series was I was talking to Billy Williams, and I asked him what it was like, you know, growing up here, and what did they do before they – went to spring training, and he talked about how they would sneak on the baseball field. Sometimes they would sneak on at, at Spring Hill, and it'd be him and Hank Aaron and Willie McCovey and, and Cleon and Tommy Agee, and all those guys would go out there, and they'd hit, and they'd field balls and stuff, and then they would sit down, and Hank had been in, had made it to the majors, and then Hank would talk to them about what it was like to be in the majors. I mean, to hear stories like that and 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 just kind of understand what that meant to them and, and what the game meant to them growing up and how that that really changed their lives and where they were able to go through and play minor league and major league baseball and, and make names for themselves. Uh, all, all, all those stories I, I really enjoyed. Well, I tell you, Tommy, you know, we really enjoy listening and watching your coverage of the South Alabama Jaguars on the sidelines because you are the sideline reporter for the Jaguars. And I know that's been a lot of fun, especially this last season with all the success that Kane Womack has been able to produce and then being able to have a lot of production from local products. That's always fun for the fans also. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the oldest, least attractive sideline reporter in all Division One football, so thank you. I have that title. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's kind of cool to be there on the sidelines and watching things as they develop, and it's really been been fun to watch that program develop under Coach Womack. He's done a he and his staff have done a great job. And, you know, last season was was a real big season for them, the best they've ever had since they've gone Division One. And now uh, they've got more than 20 starters coming back this year, so it's uh, there's some pretty high expectations both on campus and away from campus for for this year's team. They're going to play a, a tougher schedule, I think. In fact, open the season at Tulane, which that's got to be one of the best games that's going to be played on that opening weekend is uh, south at Tulane. They're two of the, the non, uh, non-Power 5 conference teams that are being – 
uh, talked about going into this season as teams that could maybe uh, get a chance to play in a, in a big bowl like Tulane did last year. So uh, that's going to be interesting. They also got Oklahoma State, and they get uh, James Madison added this year to their schedule. And uh, that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a little tough road, but they've certainly got a lot of talent, and they're going to have a, a lot of possibilities on offense and defense and, and their entire special teams returns. So it should be a lot of fun for Jag fans to, to go out and watch them on Saturdays. Absolutely, absolutely, Tommy. Tommy, you do a phenomenal job in your coverage and your writing for Lanyap. And want to thank you for joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And always appreciate all your support and everything that you bring from a sporting knowledge standpoint, each and every event that I see you at. And look forward to talking to you and seeing you again very soon, my friend. I appreciate you, bud. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, y'all go vote. I mean, you know, you got to vote because y'all are up there for a bunch of categories. So <laughs> do the voting on, on the nappies. We've already got, guys, we've already had more than 700,000 votes. And it just opened on Monday. Unbelievable. So get out there. Get out there and get to voting. Have a good one, T. Tommy Hicks joining right, us this afternoon on the final drive. And when we come back again, the NFL schedule was released and – you can hit us up at the app. How easy is or hard is your favorite NFL team schedule this year? And is it easy enough to win a Super Bowl? Is it hard enough to keep you looking at draft picks early in the first round? We'll talk about the NFL schedule on the other side of the break here on the final drive. Jennifer Hale here from the NFL on Fox. And you're listening to 105.5 WNST in Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Darren Patterson joining me this afternoon. And the NFL schedule officially dropped for all the teams last night. And of course, I'm a Dolphins fan, and we're going to have that Thanksgiving clash. The Dolphins at the Jets and the Christmas Day triple header. Of course, Christmas, if you haven't looked at your calendar this coming year, it's going to fall on a Monday. So that means a triple header of Monday night football or Monday football because you have the Raiders at the Chiefs, the Giants at the Eagles, and the Ravens at the 49ers all Christmas Day. And let's look at not only those Christmas Day matchups, but the Thursday matchups. A lot of people were upset when Amazon Prime took over because that meant you can't watch just regular Thursday night football. You have to go ahead and subscribe to Amazon Prime to watch those games, Vikings at Eagles, Lions at Packers, and Dolphins at Jets, all on those Amazon Prime Thursday night matchups. And I know, Mr. DP, your yeah. team is Detroit the Lions. Detroit Lions, oh, yeah. and they're going to open up the NFL season. At Kansas City on Thursday night, opening the season. This is unprecedented, man. You know, uh, lifelong Lions fans right now, I guess we're kind of 
trying to figure out what is going on here because finally there's a team in place with athletes in place, with a coach in place and a staff in place to do some things here. And, you know, it's so it's kind of like, Corey, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, dare we think that we have an opportunity to be a really, really good team? I think a lot of Lions fans do. And the schedule I'm looking at here is favorable to them. They're at Tampa, they're, they're road games, uh, at Tampa Bay, at the Chargers, and at Dallas in Week 17. You know, those are some, some formidable games, but the schedule otherwise, you know, is is – something that they can deal with. They get the Falcons and, and and people at home, Carolina, Vegas, Bears. They got they got people that they can they can win. They can win at home. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama's running back, very Jameer versatile. Gibbs. Yes, Jameer I think Gibbs. Jameer when 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 he's able to play for Detroit, a lot of people shocked where he went in the NFL draft. How how, how much are they going to be putting on Jameer Gibbs to, to be that guy. I think a lot of people look at the, the uh, Lions drafting Jameer Gibbs as high as they did. You, a running back? Jameer Gibbs is more than a running back. He is a weapon. He's not somebody that you're just going to hand the ball off to between the tackles or a sweep. They're going to get him the ball in space. They're going to throw him the ball downfield. They're going to get him the ball in many different ways. I heard something the other day on Detroit Talk Radio where they're toying with the idea of having him return kicks. I'm not, I don't know if I'm warm and fuzzy with that, but he's going to be a weapon, and now they have weapons around him. Unfortunately, Jamison Williams won't be back for six games because of the gambling uh, situation he got himself into. Sure. Yeah, but, but there are weapons now, and they bolstered the defense. And, man, I talked to my friends, and they are really, really – they're really excited about what's happening in Detroit. The Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. And Tua Tungavailoa has an opportunity to play four home games at Miami on the backside of the schedule because going from Miami in December to having to go to Buffalo in December or Green Bay in December or Minnesota in December, these are places that – the Dolphins, you go from 80 degrees to negative 20, yeah. and the Dolphins don't do well. And now to a tongue of ILO, the biggest thing for the Dolphins is having to stay healthy. Upright. And if he can stay healthy, the great part about that is the only road game on the backside is Baltimore. at Baltimore. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. And Aaron Rodgers getting started for the Jets he must move the needle in the NFL the same way Tom Brady does. And I know New York is a huge market, and the Jets are, are really going to be depending on him. But the Jets really, as a franchise, are going to have an opportunity to be showcased a lot. I looked at the Jets' schedule, and I'm, I'm thinking that they, this is – I don't know who they know, but they've got Dallas. The, their road games are Dallas in week two. And then they've got um, Buffalo – in week 11. Other than that, Corey, I think they have a fairly favorable schedule in terms of winning 10, 11, 12 games, man. Well, here it is for the Jets. Of course, we know that over the first four weeks, they have the Bills on that Monday night. You mentioned they travel to Dallas yeah. on that short week now. Yeah. And then they get the Patriots and the Chiefs. 
And when you open up with the Bills and the Patriots within your division, within that first four weeks, if you're not able to get those Jets firing quickly, yeah. I think it can be a tough season for Aaron Rodgers and the bright lights. He's going to earn his money. He's definitely going to earn it. Now, when you look at the – we were looking at the Ravens yesterday with Coach Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. I think Coach Harbaugh has an opportunity to make some noise offensively, defensively, and he's closing out six games in seven weeks against – teams that finished with a winning record in the Bengals, the Chargers, the Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers. So for Baltimore, you, you don't want to split those. You want to find a way for Lamar Jackson to earn his money and go ahead and, and get off to a great start. So I, I'm looking forward to just kind of looking to see what's going to go on with the Dolphins for sure, what's going to go on with the Saints. We'll talk about that because the Saints – to me, have a favorable schedule also, they Mr. Do. DP. Who, who, who are you looking at with the Saints opening up in week one? Well, when I, when I look at New Orleans and I see they have Tennessee at home, then they go to Carolina and Green Bay. To me, those are three winnable games right off the bat. They get Tampa Bay and New Orleans, and then they go to New England and follow that up with a trip to Houston. I think that, you know, what's going to happen here, if, if Derek Carr can get himself, you know, right – and be the quarterback that they're expecting him to be, I think the Saints got a chance to get off to a good start here, man. 13 of their 17 games in a dome for the Saints. Yeah. And when you don't have to worry about the weather, you're good to go in that situation. So the Saints, when they have an opportunity to go marching in, it, I think the Saints can make the playoffs. I think they can. And I think, I think that Derek Carr – is a great addition yeah. to the franchise. Now, as far as how deep they can go in the playoffs, that'll be interesting to see. And we'll continue to dissect next week the Saints' playoff opportunities and their roster changes as their roster has continued to shake and remold itself from last year's mm -hmm. team. And we'll talk more about that. But Let me circle back to Baltimore for one second before you Sure. Go. They get J.K. Dobbins back. That's huge. That's big. And, and – the Ravens, in talking to Coach Harbaugh yesterday, he's excited about getting after it. And with going into OTAs and the rookie offseason program, they went and got Lamar some weapons offensively. So it's going to be an offensive year for the Baltimore Ravens. Fun to watch. Yeah. The final drive on WNSP 105.5. Coach Godfrey, Joe Godfrey, coming up. Here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5, former athletic director at the University of South Alabama. Coming up next. I'm Laura Rutledge with ESPN. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Keep it right here for the best sports information in Mobile. to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with Darren Patterson, yes. joining you this afternoon as we're efforting to get Joe Gottfried on the line. Last night in the NBA, I know Nick Wiggins was sitting in with me yesterday, and I told him that I really did feel 
that both of these games that were played last night would go seven games. Well, unfortunately, they didn't go seven games. Only one of them is going to go seven. The Denver Nuggets took care of business and finished off the Phoenix Suns. And Jokic is the real deal, even though he wasn't the NBA's MVP this season. And, of course, Boston and Philly. That one's going to go seven games. Boston took care of business. And when I say disappointing, I'm not a Phoenix fan, but, you know, with all the talent that they had and then getting KD, you look for them to make a deeper run. You look for them to make a deeper run. Like you said, Jokic is is, is not – he's nobody to play with. New York, Miami tonight, Golden State, Lakers tonight. Of course, both of those are game sixes, and we love to sit and – watch game sevens but tonight game six in both of those series and someone who knows a thing about a thing or two about basketball is our next guest joe godfrey former athletic director at the university of south alabama joins us now here on the final drive coach always a pleasure to talk to you how you doing this afternoon Corey? doing fine and always have been enjoying your shows hey joe Darren, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Good to hear you. Coach, we were talking to Coach Harbaugh yesterday, John Harbaugh, about coming down to Mobile, Alabama and team focus and the wonderful banquet that goes on, the fundraising banquet that goes on Tuesday at 630 at the Mobile Convention Center. Of course, Kevin Steele was on with Mark and Lee and Triple G this morning, the defensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide. He will also be speaking at the Team Focus Banquet. I know that your brother has worked tremendously hard for those young people who grow up without fathers and the difference that role models and a father figure can make in your life. Well, you know, Mike always wanted to do this when he was coaching, but he never quite had the time. And then when he got with ESPN doing primary Saturday and Thursday night games in the top games of the week, uh, he had some time then. And uh, I tell you, just uh, so much respect for him and love for him of what he's done for kids. Uh, You know, he was one of those, uh, he was 11 years old when our dad died. I was two weeks from my 16th birthday, and we had a younger brother, Johnny, who was only seven. And, uh, you know, life changed completely. And, uh, you know, you saw kids with their dads coming out to games, and you thought what it could have been like with your own dad. So Mike always had that feel, and he's really put it together. And I think, uh, Corey, and, and there, there's been over 8,000 kids, I think, um, that have, you know, have seen programming, I think, almost six different states or seven different states. And, Darren, you got to appreciate that. Um, you know, he saved so many lives. I'm telling you, I can give you stories. One particular one, in fact, the kid from Galleon, Ohio, mom was in prison, dad was in prison, brother was in prison, and he was in four foster homes in five years until he got in the team focus program. And now he's a successful business person, married. and uh, But that's what the kind of lives he's touched. Coach Godfrey, when you look at 
where South Alabama football program started and the dream to to go from club football to actually playing in the Sunbelt Conference and from Ladd Stadium now to the beautiful Hancock Whitney Stadium, the growth and the vision of South Alabama football, the best season ever in the history of the infancy. I, you know, when you look at 11 years of a program, that's still a baby football program. But to the greatness that you were able to see last year that Kane Womack was able to bring, I know that had to make you very happy to see how South Alabama has continued to achieve and, and be great in football and really known nationally now as far as from a football program standpoint. Mm -hmm. No question. I remember in 95, we tried to get football and got turned down. We came back in 01, tried it one more time and got it turned down. Then in 07, I thought I'm going to make one more push to get it. I was in 07, and fortunately, we got it during – it was announced 07, went the next year to recruit 08, and then, you know, played a relatively light schedule, had three good years. And then to see Kane, what he did last year, you know, 10-2 the regular season – and almost, I'm sitting out there at the Rose Bowl and almost beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. But played him within a point. And uh, then have a major bowl game in New Orleans in the Astro, in the uh, Dome, Dome Superdome. Uh, to do that, uh, that was just so special. And I think we're very fortunate to have Kane as our head football coach. I think he's going to do many, many good things. Joe, um, you know, I have to let people know when I call you Joe, you and I have come a long way. We've come back from days from we've come from days of John Counts and things like that. And so, Joe, our relationship has has evolved into friend. You know, you and Mary have welcomed me and Sandy into your home and that type of thing. So, I just want people to know that when I call you Joe, I mean Joe is I mean it affectionately because Joe, when I see your name on that street, heading up toward the athletic complex, it makes me understand just how much you've meant to that university and what you will always mean to that university. So I, ne I need to let people know that. But now I want to ask you, Joe, because of that and because you've seen so much, what do you think about the direction we're heading in now with NIL, with the transfer portal? What are your thoughts on from where you came from to where we are now, Joe? You know what, what scares me in a way, you know, is that portal – uh, you know, it doesn't teach kids now. They can transfer. You'll see their freshman and their third running back or third wide receiver, et cetera, like that. They have so much, so little patience in not playing through it. And then the NC is going to, I think, going to make a rule that you can be in that portal every year if that happens. Uh, you know, and I'll tell you what really gets affected on it. Uh, during high school kids, for example, last year the SEC recruited out of the portal, 120, 134 kids, the SEC. With Southern Miss, South Alabama, and Troy, they added 32 more portal guys. That, that was over 150. And then when you got some of the other colleges, universities come in here, leagues, there was, that means there was almost 170 scholarships given out that in years past they would go to high school kids. And where, where I see it now, what the need is, we need to have football in our junior college system. Where our high school kids have a chance in the portal, that would be their portal. Go to junior college, play one year, and then you're going to be seen by more schools. 
it's like they're recruiting from the four-year schools. Now they're recruiting from the junior college. Right down the road from us, Mississippi's got 10 junior college football programs. Georgia's starting one, and I think Florida's going to start one. But we really need, because high school football is so good in Alabama, that the kids are getting overlooked now because of that portal. Wow. wow. The portal definitely has changed things. And I think that, Coach Godfrey, I don't have a problem with the portal because – you know, you you mentioned kids and values, but when coaches, the problem that I had was coaches can up and leave at any point in time that they wanted to leave. And, and, and just sometimes kids will admittedly so they come to a program because of not the program or the academics, but because the relationships that they build with the coach. And when a coach leaves back in the day, I know that players would have to sit an entire year if they did transfer to another institution, especially Division One and Division Two, And now that you have an opportunity when a coach leaves, you see a lot of players leave with that coach and not have to sit. To me, that's the biggest difference in the portal. Well, you know, one thing I disagree with you a little bit on that, Corey, because, number one, you got to – those coaches have paid their dues. I mean, they're not 20 – years old, 18 years old. Some of them, you know, been through four or five different programs, et cetera, like that might be 40 or 50 years old. So they paid their dues. It shouldn't be compared to a student athlete. However, one thing I do agree, though, if you if your coach does leave, that should open the doors for the portal. That, that part of it, and they shouldn't have to, um, you know, sit out. So I'm in agreement on part of that being, being recognized. I love I love that part, Coach. You, you know, everybody, you can see things the same, but at the same time see them differently, and that's that's the great part of it. As your time as athletic director at South Alabama, and since you have stepped away and continued to be a, a vital part, and you're at every game, whether it's softball or baseball or football or basketball, you're definitely going to be there supporting the South Alabama programs Talk about the, the changes that you've seen since you've stepped away as athletic director. You know, a lot of programs I've seen over the years, uh, you know, ADs leave and, um, you know, somebody comes in and, and they don't have the success or, or whatever. But I, I tell you, when, when I was re retired in 09, I was just so excited that the programs have continued to, to grow. And I give Jordan tremendous credit on that. He's put together a staff. The facilities are, I mean, as, as good as any, in, you know, when we're talking about the Sun Belt or Conference USA, and maybe in some of the Portal 5. So they've kept up to date with, the, you know, the times. And uh, so I, when I walk in that stadium, I, I think, God, I'm so proud that this thing is going so well. And Joe's hired some good guys and good people. Um, so... I'm I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am that it's going well. I think that answers my question, Joe. I was going to ask you, what is what what in your mind is your greatest something you will always be able to be proud of at South Alabama? And I think you just answered that that uh, you had a big hand in pointing this program in the right direction and leave a good legacy. So I think uh, a lot of people in Mobile want to thank you, Joe, for what you did. Well, I appreciate that. It, you know, uh, my time went so fast. I, you know, came in '81, and uh, you know, was there a total of 28 years, 26 as athletic director. But it went too fast. 
Yeah. It seemed, I mean, when you're enjoying it and when everything seems to be going well, uh, you know, we won 108 Sunbelt Conference championships during that time. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of that part. And we had 60 coaches at different times for Coach of the Year. And I'm proud of that point. And we've got coaches like that that Joel's hired and that, that are doing well. The program's doing well. I, I, I'm just so happy about that. You did good, Joe. Proud to call you friend. Absolutely. You've done a phenomenal well, job in continuing to support the South Alabama program and continue to push, make that vocal push for junior college football here in the state of Alabama. And if that ever happens, when that happens, because I'm a firm believer that we will get junior college football here in the state of Alabama. I know your voice will be one of those that was heard the most and the loudest once it is done. Coach Joe Gofford, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule on this Friday evening to talk with us here on the final drive and make sure you tell your wife, I said, happy Mother's Day yes. to her especially. Yes, and tell us. Uh, I will do that, Corey, and give it the best. Darren, thank you. No you problem. Those are good friends. No problem, Joe. Give it the best for me and Sandy. Okay, we'll do. All right. Joe Godfrey joining us this afternoon here on the final drive. And when we come back, there'll be a short segment, of course, a little football this weekend to the XFL championship being held. I'll get Darren Patterson's thoughts on the XFL, the USFL, the NFL, of course, dropped their schedule. But we'll see if Darren is watching any of the XFL this season for sure. The final drive will be right back. Hi, this is Blake Stein, former Spring Hill Badger and Kansas City Royal, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Welcome back to the final drive. Darren Patterson, along with Corey LeBounty, joining you this afternoon. And we mentioned before we hit the break, the XFL championship. Of course, the first ever, the inaugural championship for Dwayne The Rock Johnson's league, the Arlington Renegades. That's right. The Renegades take on the D.C. Defenders. And overall, is the XFL A.J. McCarron really got the league started the way his team had the point system. Everything that could have happened in the XFL as far as from a scoring standpoint and the way it differentiates itself than regular football in the NFL, mm. A.J. McCarron and the Battlehawks were able to accomplish it in week one, which brought and shone a lot of light to how the XFL could be and how fun it was. And, of course, Brandon Silvers jumps in, and he's the starting quarterback for a Houston franchise. Yeah, and I got to admit, you know, I haven't watched the XFL as closely as I, I could have, but I am an A.J. McCarron fan because I've always believed that he was a very, very steady hand and steady thinker of the position. I watched A.J. McCarron a lot in college, and I watched him do a lot of things. And if A.J. McCarron hadn't gotten hurt in Cincinnati, I believe A.J. McCarron had a future as a starter in this league. I, I will say this. To me, A.J. McCarron still could make an NFL roster as a backup quarterback 
right now. He can. He, he's better than some of the guys to me that were guys. drafted now coming out of college at 22 and 23 years old, whether it's the seventh-round draft pick that you made or the fifth-round draft pick. To me, A.J. McCarron still has it, and he showed it this season in the XFL that he's not washed up. Him wanting to play for his children and his children get an opportunity to see him. Hopefully, he'll get a call from an NFL roster and be able to make it. I think he will. I really do believe he's going to get a call. It depends on the situation. It's got to be the right situation. I'd like for him to be in a situation where he can stabilize that backup quarterback, stabilize that backup quarterback, and go from there. Well, we will see what happens in that situation there in the XFL championship. So, Moving forward this weekend, you do have the XFL championship that will be played this Saturday. They only played 10 games, but I would take 10 games of the XFL or 10 games of the USFL to prepare for the NFL and the preseason rather than having no football at all and just being stuck with reruns. So that's the biggest difference to me when the XFL does come in. Of course, you are battling the NBA Finals. You are battling also Major League Baseball. But I would rather battle that than to not have any football at all to watch on any Saturday. And let me say this. Um, I hit the wrong button here, Corey. You got all these buttons. That's all stuff, right. Man. That's a good thing. Uh, but let me let me say what I, what the people didn't hear me say. A.J. McCarron could have been a, a starter in this league if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I still believe that A.J. McCarron is a, is, a, is a very good backup quarterback now who can come in and possibly win you some games if you need him to. He, he will definitely do that. If, if given the opportunity, his kids will have an opportunity to see him play. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5 will come back for hour number three. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Hour number three of the final drive here on Friday. Hope everyone's had an outstanding work weekend, getting ready to enjoy this Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day early yes. to all the mothers that are listening to the show. And again, all those mothers that make a difference in everyone's life. There's nothing like having mama there to to talk to, lean on, and if you don't have your mother anymore, just the life lessons that mm-hmm. a mother can teach, and everybody always has that big mama or somebody, they grandmama, somebody they can lean on that this Mother's Day weekend is always very special. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers 
from the final drive. And we were talking going into the break about the high school, college, and the XFL and the fact that the XFL, the USFL gives players an opportunity to continue to pursue their dreams of chasing the NFL. And there's been an NFL star to come from Foley High School to where we'll go out and talk to our next guest, Derek Scott, the head football coach at Foley High School, joins us here on the final drive. Coach Scott, hope all is well. Darren Patterson in for a vacationing Michael Bronner this coach. afternoon and Mr. DP holding it down with me. Howdy, Coach. Hey, how's it going, guys? All right, how you doing, Coach? I'm doing well, doing well. Sound like you got a lot going on around you there, Coach. A lot going on in Foley these days, huh? It is, it is. We're blessed and highly favored, and uh, we got a lot going on, but we're thankful for it. That's a good thing, Coach. I, I remember when you got there, and I didn't know if you were walking into something that you could fix, but, Co Coach, you've done a remarkable job in two years of bringing that program to – where you wanted it to be. Tell us how you, what, what was your outlook when you first got there as to where you are now? Well, my outlook was when I first walked in the door was to kind of just assess the situation and kind of figure out where, where we could make the most impact at and do the things and to implement the things that I know that work well and the things that I'm a, a believer in and, and seeing and, you know, just getting in and making a great observation of that and kind of determining what we need to do first and making a plan for getting those things done. And then, once we identified those, getting the resources in place to, to make all that happen. So that that was kind of my thought process, taking the taking the job and coming in the door. And uh, we've had some success, and I'm excited for it. And I'm thankful for our young people. It's really about people for me, Dan. And uh, that's what it's really about. It's about the people around me, my coaching staff, as well as our players. Man, our players are outstanding. And uh, they, it, all the all the all the the accolades and all the all the uh, recognition goes to those guys. That's good, Coach, because, you know, good players make great coaches. So <laughs> you, you happen to have a really good player by the name of Perry Thompson. Talk, tell us about him. He's going to Alabama. Tell us a little bit more about Perry. Tell us about what he means to that program. And let's just talk about your program a little bit and, and where you're heading from here. You had a great year last year making the playoffs after uh, the first year you had there. So tell us a little bit more about Perry, and tell us about what, what, what tell us something about your players. Well, Perry is outstanding young man. First and foremost, I think it starts there. He's uh, he's really a uh, a guy that, that that embraces that role of being a great teammate and a great and a leader for our team. He embraces you know helping young uh, young guys and and being a a, a a big brother to them and and kind of showing them the way. And uh, we're really excited for what he does on and off the field. But on the field, he's a dynamic football player. He's uh, obviously blessed with, with, with unique uh, size and, and athletic talents. And uh, we're excited for his future and what that looks like for him. And uh, we're going to continue and always love on him, but we're going to always uh, root for him and what he's doing in his future. So we, we're hoping for a whole lot of success for him. How's the spring going? Spring is going well. Spring is going well. We're kind of in the middle of it right now. Uh, we're about five days in now, so <laughs> we're at that spot where we're getting a good dose of finding out who we are 
and trying to figure out the identity of this team going forward because each team has a identity identity and a destiny all its own so we're trying to right now forge that identity and determine our our destiny right now about what this team is going to look like i'm glad you mentioned that because teams take on their coaches personality you've won every place you've been what is your philosophy coach in terms of of how you approach shaping a team well, uh, I'm blessed and highly favored, and I think it starts always there with, with my faith and, and just loving, loving on kids, uh, relational. I think my my approach to sports is relational, um, building a relationship with all our players and having a great rapport with them. And then we go in and try to, from that point, from that starting point of faith and relationship, then we look into our fundamentals of just developing players. We're a developmental program. And what I've, everywhere I've been, I believe in developing kids. I don't believe in plug and play and, and great kids. Oh, oh he's just already, a, he's the most talented kid. Perry was talented when he got to us, sure, but we feel like we have developed him as well. And I think that's what we take, we take pride in in our program is, is, is taking whatever we walk through the door and develop it. Is Perry one of those players that plays multiple sports? Because you've seen, I know, going back to the most prominent Foley wide receiver of all time in Julio Jones and the fact that Julio Jones was that triple threat. He could play football. He would go ahead and rattle the rim and catch one off of the rim and dunk on your head in basketball. And then you would see him in the high jump or be able to run track. Does Perry play any sports outside of football? Yes, he does. He's a track athlete as well. Uh, he runs the 100 meter and the 200 meter on our 4 by one in track. He has played basketball in the past, but he did not play this past season. I uh, wanted to focus more on track and uh, getting his speed to where he wanted. And uh, he really did that. And, and uh, really has uh, always been a multi-sport guy. Just really wants to help Foley win and, and, and compete in any way he can. Well, that's always outstanding. You mentioned you guys in day number five. What is the spring looking like? Are you going to go inner squad or are you guys going to go ahead and, and travel or have a host team? What's going on as far as the end game for the spring? Well, we just really uh, got that solidified on yesterday. and We're going to play Daphne um, next Friday night at Daphne High School at 5.30, starting at 5.30 with our freshmen. And we're going to have a little spring uh, game and, and, and control deal, and control environment, but we're going to go out and play and get an opportunity to go against another team and another, another group of uh, players, so we'll, we'll get ready for that. Well, I tell you, Coach Scott, anytime you can get two Baldwin County rivalries together at Foley and Daphne meeting next week and having an opportunity to play one another. I know that's something that a lot of people would love to see because this time of year, it just kind of gives you a little sneak peek into what we're going to see here in August and you guys making noise. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you guys open up with Prattville, and that is a historic tradition program, and it's a game that I know that if it is Prattville for you guys opening up you have Baldwin County following that before you hit Mary G Montgomery for your first road test yeah yeah that's that's our first uh, couple games right there with uh Pratt with Baldwin County then rolling in there with MGM we're gonna be very good this year so yeah we have a lot on our plate and 
coming out the gate with uh with Prattville is historically a very good football team in this state who has a rich tradition of their own, and uh, we got to go and be ready to go out the gate. We can't we can't come in there trying to figure it out. We got to come in there ready to go. So it's going to be present a great challenge for our kids over the summer and our coaches. So, but I think our coaches and our kids will be ready to go. Well, we know you're always ready to go and. Congratulations on the success that you're having at Foley and the the family, the faith, and the football that's going on. I know that it means a lot to you. Your success that you had at Viger, now at Foley, will continue to roll over. And, again, the players are a reflection of their head coach, and that is that of a winner, and that's what Derek Scott and his entire family is. Coach Scott, can't thank you enough for your time this afternoon here on the final drive. Well, thank you guys for having me, and thank you for all you do for high school athletics in general. I know you cover all sports. Uh, cause I saw you up at the basketball uh, <laughs> finals, but thank you for all you guys do, and thank you for recognizing the, 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 the meager jobs that we all do, but we affect young people, so thank you for recognizing that. Take you care, got coach. it, Coach. You got you, it. You're too uh, modest, Coach. You do a good job. Derek Scott you, joining us all this right. afternoon on the final drive, and, of course, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Alabama in the transfer portal. They've taken a couple of defensive backs, and will they let back Tony Mitchell? That will be another discussion that we'll have right after this break here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Darren Patterson and Corey LeBounty on this Friday afternoon. Amen. My name is David Palmer, and I'm on WNFC 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. And we want to thank Derek Scott, who was giving us the 411 on a phenomenal rising senior that he has that is verbally committed to the University of Alabama, Perry Thompson. And Coach Scott made an announcement here on the final drive for those that want to see Baldwin County teams battle one another, Foley and Daphne playing one another in a spring game next week. So you'll have an opportunity to see that. And, of course, while we're talking about football, Bryce Young at minicamp today taking his first snaps. And you see a lot of that. As earlier we had on Jalen Wayne this week, Jalen Wayne, uh, undrafted free agent from South Alabama who was reporting today to the Buffalo Bills. And that part is Cephas Johnson III having an opportunity to report to Minnesota. So a lot of local talent having an opportunity to make a difference. And speaking of Bryce, of course, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback of all time at Alabama. Alabama in the transfer portal today as they pick up their second defensive back. UAB's Jalen Key is now going to become a Crimson Tide member. Jalen Key had three interceptions, 60 tackles, an all-conference honorable mention, along with earlier this week, Trey Amos from the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana was added to the secondary of Alabama. And I don't know how you all feel about this, but Tony Mitchell having an opportunity, got into some trouble in the middle of March with guns and or a gun and marijuana and was arrested in Florida during spring break. 
here is a four-star recruit coming out of Thompson High School and enrolled early and was really supposed to still be a senior on campus at Thompson High School for Mark Freeman. He gets in trouble and arrested for the dr drugs and the gun in the car. Well, it looks like Tony Mitchell will have a second chance at Alabama, and he may participate in Alabama's college recovery and intervention services program that the capstone has there in Tuscaloosa. And Tony Mitchell may add to the depth of the secondary for the Crimson Tide and getting a second chance if his case is resolved. He was suspended from football activities, but never, ever withdrew from classes. So still academically, they're eligible. And if his case is resolved here within the next month or so, Tony Mitchell could be suiting up for the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban adding to that secondary. Well, we've got a few things going on here, Corey. First of all, you've got to give Nick Saban credit for going out and trying to make sure that his team gets the people he needs to get better. And the transfer portal provides that opportunity these days. So you can't begrudge people who are moving around. Yeah, everybody's saying, oh, it's not good. It, it, he can't make it over here. He wants to go over here. And But this is the time that we're in. This is the season that we're in with college athletics where these kids get an opportunity to move around. Second thing, you have to have an opportunity to make amends if you make a mistake. These are kids, man. Sure, they can run a ball. Sure, they can throw a ball. Sure, they can catch a ball. But they're kids, man. They make mistakes. Now, people are saying, okay, a kid running around with a bunch of weed in the car and yeah. a gun, you know, that's not a mistake. That's the intent, and he needs to be gone. You can't just throw him away. You can't throw him away. I think this kid knows the big mistake that he made. I think about the uh, the player, the basketball player, who was coming out of the dorm after after the shooting at Alabama, and he's crying. This kid knows he was done. But you can't throw these folks away, man, because they make mistakes like this. You, a lot of them come from environments that we don't even understand. A lot of these kids come from environments that we may think are strange, but to them it's a way of life. I tell people all the time, these kids need to understand, that people need to understand that these kids sometimes have to go home and go to work to help mama pay bills after going to, going to uh, practice. A lot of these kids have to go home in environments that you would not believe. And these kids need an opportunity to be able to get to the next level without being persecuted for, for the environment they come from. I'm not taking up for them, Corey. I'm just saying things have changed. Now, with that said, I like the fact that the universities now are giving the kids an opportunity because of the services they provide to get their second chance, to come in and be counsel, to come in and, and, and straighten some things out that were wrong. So now we're in a different age, man. We're in a different time. Well, it will definitely, if Tony Mitchell is reinstated to football activities for the Crimson Tide, the, the light will be so bright that he will be scared to ever <laughs> make a second mistake. And no matter whether that's academically or whether that's socially, his, his room for error is slim to none. But Nick Saban and Kevin Steele boostering 
that secondary or boosting that secondary with the addition of Jalen Key and Trey Amos in the transfer portal. That's the second defensive back this week that Alabama has taken. And we mentioned the portal also. T.J. Finley, former Auburn quarterback, former LSU quarterback. We were wondering where he was going to continue to play collegiate football. Well, it's going to be in the Sunbelt Conference and at Texas State. Mm -hmm. So you will see T.J. Finley suiting up for Texas State next season. And I'm excited to see what kind of difference he can make in the Sun Belt because when you go from the SEC to the Sun Belt, we've seen now the flip-flopping for Trey Amos. He goes from the Sun Belt to the SEC, and now here it is, T.J. Finley going from the SEC to the Sun Belt. I still think he's going to have an opportunity to showcase his skills with the Bobcats. I think you're right. And remember, we talked about this off the air. T.J. Finley didn't have a lot of support around him at Auburn. He didn't have the type team around him where his skills would 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 be uh would he could he couldn't show the kind of skills he had. So now he will get a chance at Texas State with the people that they're gonna have around him to be able to show a little bit more about what he what he can do. And those are the things too that you have to understand. A lot of the, the teams and, and, and a lot of the mistakes that uh kids may have made had a lot to do with where they went, what kind of team was around them, that type thing. So now you get a chance to fix this and, and, and advance your career. So I'm happy for TJ. I'm happy. Well, also yesterday, the NFL dropped its official schedule. And Daniel Snyder officially has agreed to sell the NFL's Washington Commanders to Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. And we knew that that was in the news in the works a couple of weeks ago, but now it has become official to where the Washington Commanders are no longer under the thumb of Daniel Snyder and the problems that have come his way, yeah. whether they were the Washington Redskins and currently being the Washington Commanders. So I think new leadership within that franchise right. and organization will be a fresh change for those right. in Washington, D.C. They need a culture change. The culture change at, at the, the organization had become just something that was not uh, sustainable. And Daniel Snyder, Daniel Snyder is long overdue selling that franchise. So good for him, good for uh, Washington Commanders, that they will be having new leadership. Christmas Day, we mentioned there will be a triple header on Christmas Day, which falls on a Monday this year. We all love our Monday night football. Mm -hmm. But when you get Monday football, when you have the Raiders at the Chiefs, of course, we know about that historic robbery division and the Giants and the Eagles in the second game and the third game, the Ravens at the 49ers. Three outstanding Christmas Day matchups. And I'm not quite sure. I know with Christmas Day, a couple of weeks after that, the playoffs getting ready to start what the records will be of the Raiders or the of the Chiefs. Of course, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes always expected to be a Super Bowl contender. The Raiders probably not so much, but it is the Raiders and the Chiefs. Correct. And that type of robbery on a Monday night on Christmas Day, the Giants and the Eagles, the Ravens and the 49ers, great Christmas Day matchups if you're a football fan. Oh, yeah. 
you know, I'm looking at the schedule here, and there's some good matchups uh, uh, dotted throughout this thing. Of course, being a Detroit Lions guy, I'm excited for opening night, uh, opening night for the season. Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Come on, man. It's been a long, long time coming for the Lions. Well, the Lions at the Chiefs will open it up. And, of course, the Bills and the Jets on 9-11. That one's going to be interesting. Tom Brady wanting a little stake of the Raiders. Now, that, to me, was pretty interesting when you look at Tom Brady having an opportunity to, to take a little piece of the Raiders what do you think, Tom Brady in black and white? Because he's already having an opportunity to get into the WNBA and purchasing a stake in that WNBA franchise, the Las Vegas Aces. But TB12 having an opportunity to get with the Davis family and become part of the Raiders, his owner? Tom Brady. Who's got it better than Tom Brady, man? I mean, you know, everything he touches – this seems to turn to gold. I mean, this is this is going to be interesting about where he goes from here. The TV contract he's being offered. Jesus, man. Tom Brady is going to be around in sports for a long time, even after Tom Brady's gone. You know, Tom Brady's going to be, his name is going to live on because of what he's doing and, and the things that he's being allowed to do and the things he's being paid to do. My God, he's just... And an iconic guy, man. Well, people who are rich are rich for a reason. Tom Brady owns a major league pickleball team. He's also now a little ownership in the WNBA franchise in Las Vegas and now is looking at staying in football outside of the, that massive over $300 million contract to broadcast football games on Fox. $300 million to talk. Outside of play. I, he didn't make that kind of money when he was playing yeah, for gotta, the Patriots and the Bucks. We got to do, we, we got to move into a new realm here. He, Tom Brady has already, look, he superseded everything that you could think of in regards to from broadcasting at Fox now, getting ready here in a couple of years, $300 million to owning a piece of the, the WNBA franchise and now maybe getting a piece of the Raiders in negotiations with that too. That to me is absolutely amazing with Mark Davis talking to Tom Brady and the Patriots getting ready to honor yeah. Tom Brady in the opening game. So a peace offering maybe from Robert Kraft yeah. to Tom Brady and mending those fences once he left New England to go to Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah, don't hate on Brady. You can't you can't you hate, hate on Brady. Hate on Brady. That, that's a very interesting fact. And 530 here on the final drive. We'll take a quick break. Darren Patterson. Yes. Sitting in with me this afternoon and Michael Bronner will be back on Monday returning from vacation. And of course, Nathan's done a phenomenal job taking the phone calls. 251-694-1055 is how you can reach us. And you can also reach us in the app as well. There'll be spring football tomorrow. Ribbon cutting ceremony at four high schools have gone on. We'll talk to one of those high school football coaches next here on The Final Drive.
this is CJ Mosley, inside linebacker, and you listen to the Sports Station, WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labonte, along with Darren Patterson, sitting in with me this weekend. Of course, when you have spring games, they're all right around the corner tomorrow in the snake pit at LaFleur High School. Brand new stadium is getting ready to be debuted as the LaFleur Rattlers take on the Blunt Leopards tomorrow at 5.30. And I'll be doing the PA announcing for that inaugural kickoff game. I'm excited because, again, I am a LaFleur alum mm-hmm. and having an opportunity not only to see the new stadium on our campus, that's going to be a lot of fun. I was talking with Coach Ray Nelson of Blunt High School, who now joins us here on the final drive. When I was talking to him a couple of weeks, letting him know that I would be present, he's like, "Look, Corey, you you can't come to our game and and or practices and 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 be giving away all our secrets now. It's it's top secret." And I said, "You don't have to worry about that, Coach. I'm just I'm just here to enjoy high school football that's being played at the middle of May, right around graduation time." And Coach Nelson, good evening and welcome to the final drive. Hey, good evening, Corey, man. Thank you guys for having me on this afternoon, man. Good to see you, Coach. Good good to talk to you, Coach. Haven't talked to you in a while. This is Darren. Everything going okay? Hey, how's it going, man? Great to see you. Uh, great to hear from you, oh, again, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. We kinda, I kind of went away for a minute, but I'm back here trying to see what's going on with you, Coach. So good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Likewise. Yeah. Coach, big game tomorrow. I mean, you've culminated your practice. You took over this Blunt High School program, and now you want to what they call rebrand Blunt and bring more alumni in the picture and a great robbery that you can create and that will be on LaFleur's campus tomorrow as, again, there's the councilman combine that's from 9 to 11 tomorrow that starts out the community will be able to come in to Corey Penn, who is the councilman for that district, putting on a kid's football clinic from 9 to 11 a.m. And then, of course, culminating in some exciting high school football between LaFleur and Blunt kicking off at 5.30 tomorrow. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about it. I think it's a great opportunity to showcase um, what we've been working on here at Blunt High School throughout the spring. Uh, and, and as you say, man, rebrand Blunt. You know, that, like I tell the kids, that's something we use every day around our building. Uh, you know, rebranding Blunt just don't mean go out and win foot, more football games. It means uh, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we dress, the way we handle our business on a day-to-day operation. Um, our interaction with the community, our interaction with the school um, environment here on campus. Uh, so it's a lot that goes into this hashtag rebrand blunt, but I think the kids definitely have bought into what we're trying to preach here in this in this building as well as the uh, grown men on campus that are help, helping us out throughout the spring practices. And we're excited to be able to go out there and showcase tomorrow against a, a good program over at LaFleur High School. I'm sure they're going to have a lot of excitement um, and energy open up their first ever home game. So I think it's going to be a great environment, a great game, a great opportunity for both teams to show case where they are uh, coming after nine spring practices. Coach, it's no secret to those of us who know you and know your background that uh, you're an offensive-minded guy. What kind of things are we going to see from Blunt this year uh, on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball? 
Oh, uh, come on now. Uh, well, you know, it, is a, it is a spring game. Uh, it is a spring game. Uh, and like I say, I do try to sell a brand of, of fast, fun, physical. Uh, I think it's no secret. I think most people will realize uh, definitely by the fall, if they don't realize by the first couple of series tomorrow, it's, it's going to be a tempo style of offense. Um, but it's one that's truly predicated on being physical, being able to do little things right, uh, being fundamentally sound, uh, and, and obviously taking advantage of 53 and third. You know, we want to spread the field whether that's via formations or via uh, the ability to throw the football and run the football out there, get in space. And, you know, here, here at Blunt, man, I'm blessed to be um, at a place that has a tremendous amount of talent, uh, especially when it comes to the skill guys. And I'll be a fool not to get the ball in these guys' hands in space and let them uh, do what they can do. And that's, that's run and score touchdowns. Also a tremendous tradition at Blunt, Coach. Uh, Corey mentioned about uh, rebranding. What are some of the things you've done to try and <laughs> – uh, bring uh, bring a little bit of Ray Nelson there since you've been there. Well, I will say this to piggyback off of it. Uh, this is a great traditional uh, school for us when it comes to uh, athletic success. You know, it's one of the few buildings you can walk in and see multiple state championships. Uh, and it what led to the rebrand hashtag. Like I told you when I first got this job, uh, anywhere else, uh, to come off a three and seven finish last year and be on the fourth head coach in four years, you consider that a rebuild. Um, I can't walk into Blunt High School. I can't walk to that locker room. I can't come to this community. Uh, I can't come to this alumni base and say I'm here to re- rebuild a football program that's traditionally uh, won state championships. So that's how we got the hashtag rebrand. Because I say you can't rebuild Blunt. You gotta you gotta rebrand Blunt. Um, but, you know, our flavor offensively, man, it's just getting pushed to pace. Uh, but better to play fast, like I told the kids on, we got to better train fast. So everything we do is fast. Everything is fast uh, from the way we lift out, from the way we transition on and off the field at practice. Uh, everything is built around moving fast, moving fast, moving fast, trying to put stress on not just defense uh, teams and personnel, but our opponents as a whole. You know, we think if we can um, finish fast, play fast, uh, execute fast and, and, and play fast that, you know, we think we'll be in better shape than we have been in the past here, um, and we think it will lead to success. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. But I think every coach um, tomorrow over the next three weeks are going to be telling their kids in the spring game, if you make a mistake, make that mistake fast. So if we already got that built in our mind that we're going to do those things fast, uh, I think it gives us an advantage. Coach Ray Nelson, the head football coach at Blunt High School, joining us this afternoon on the final drive. Coach, also, you're talking about rebranding Blunt. Something that never has to be asked about is college recruiters coming onto your campus. And one of the head coaches at Tuskegee University, he's a former Blunt guy. I know that he's made stops by. And when you see these college coaches continue to come and recruit your guys and show interest in the Blunt brand, I know that has to make you feel very happy that there's a foundation, a continued strong foundation upon which to build on that you cannot leave out or forget about Blunt when it comes to recruiting young student-athletes. No doubt about it, Core. Uh, it's a no-brainer. I don't know if you guys are keeping up with what's taking place on social media, uh, but over the last four days, man, we've had uh, 21 offers at, at, at Blunt. You know, we've had up to 14 kids in our senior class uh, receive an offer to play, or not, uh, to play collegiate football, and I think the momentum is just growing. You know, uh, so many times in the coaching profession, uh, you know, we can be – uh, inconsiderate or be selfish and not be humble and say, hey, a place needs us, you know, uh, Blunt needs me. I feel like, man, I needed a place like Blunt. You know, I've been at places in, in, in my past where college coaches come by, 
uh, but they're not really coming by to recruit kids. They're coming by to create a relationship with that coach, um, you know, talk ball, hang out. Uh, but, man, when people come by Lot Road now, man, they're coming to look for players. You know, it don't matter what our record says. Uh, it don't matter who's the head coach in here. People going to come on Lot Road, and they want players out of Lot Road. Coach. And that, that, that speaks volumes about the Blunt High School tradition and program. Coach, do you ever show them any film of you tossing the rock so you can let them know, hey, I used to spin the rock myself? <laughs> Oh, no, sir. Ain't no way in heck I can tell anybody <laughs> I, I, I played quarterback. Do you know the legends that play here? Uh, a little running joke that's going on is, hey, man, who number are you going to retire? I say, man, if we start retiring jerseys around here at Bunn High School, we won't have any available numbers to play in, man. You got the greats like uh, DeMarco McNeil, who's a who's a uh, Mr. Football. Uh, you got Aaron James, who played football here. Man, you got a great running back, Sherman Williams, who played here. Uh, the list goes on and on. A receiver like D.D. Green at number 86. Man, if we start retiring individual numbers, uh, we won't have any numbers to hand out to our kids. So, uh, I don't brag on myself here. Uh, and we, we show nothing but respect for the legends that paved the way here at, at Blunt High School before us, before we got here on this campus. That's all right. Well, I'm excited to see you guys pop pads tomorrow with LaFleur High School and that kickoff scheduled for 530 for those who want to come out and see the brand new stadium on the campus of LaFleur High School get a little bit of a preview and of course after your game the very next week you'll have an opportunity to get a little sneak peek at who your opening opponent is for next season in the Viagra Wolves at their brand new stadium so brand new stadiums across the the county here in Mobile but the task at hand tomorrow, getting a chance to see film that you can build on in the summertime against someone other than someone in purple and white, and I know you're excited about that and look forward to meeting and greeting you tomorrow at LaFleur High School, Coach. Likewise, brother, man. You guys keep doing the tremendous things you guys are doing for high school athletics here in the Mobile region. Uh, man, we love you guys. We respect what you guys do, and can't wait to see both you guys there tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks coach. Thanks, coach. Take care. Coach Ray Nelson joining us on the final drive, and we'll put the finishing touches on this week's show here on WNSP 105.5. Darren Patterson sitting in with me this entire show today, oh, yeah. and hope Michael Bronner really enjoyed his vacation with his family. Nathan's done a phenomenal job running the boards and making sure the show gets in and out real smoothly. So I want to thank Nathan as well. The final drive, finishing touches, coming up next. Hi, this is Phil Steele, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. The finishing touches on a Friday final drive coming up. Darren Patterson sitting in today with me as Michael Bronner's been on vacation. But can't stress it enough, as I've said every hour to, on the show, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are out there and listen to the show every day. And, again, for those who have lost their mothers, never forget that, the influence that your mother had on you and the life lessons. And just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there from the final drive on WNSP 105.5. And Mr. DP, you, you've done a phenomenal job in your so. writing. You Absolutely. I, I appreciate you for sitting in with me. And, you know, your time, of course, you were with the press register. And then, of course, you've also had the opportunity to 
to be in Detroit yeah. for yeah. over 20 years and your time there, covered the bad boys and Detroit Pistons. That was fun. That was fun. Covered some Red Wings and NHL. You covered the Tigers and, of course, the Lions and NASCAR also. Yeah. And that I think fun. that NASCAR was one of those sports that you really enjoyed more than – a lot of the other sports I, I that you've covered. So. I think so because, you know, football, baseball, you know, these are things that we all know. But NASCAR was really an interesting sport. It's a lot different and a lot more than just going around a circle. The cars talk to the pits each time by, and they say, hey, my rear end's doing this, my, my front end's doing that. Their computers talk to the big computer. And you need to be able to understand that this is a really cool sport. So I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that. I've been really blessed, Corey, in my lifetime. Started at the Press Register. Uh, I actually wasn't supposed to be in sports, but uh, I uh, was. Uh, my first beat was Bile Battery. And uh, my first big story was a big shrimp boat that had gotten busted with a whole bunch of weed on it down in the Gulf of Mexico. And you don't say. Oh, yeah. And my boss told me, go out and get the captain of records name for the story in the morning. So I was gung-ho reporter and stuff. So I got the captain of records name and put it on the story, and the guy called me and says, hey, I rented that boat out. Now I can't get a job down here at all. He says, I'm going to come up there and kill you. So I went right to Mr. Faye, John Faye, the, <laughs> the executive editor, and I said, look, I want to go to sports. <laughs> and I went to sports that day. Ben Nolan was my boss, Dennis Smitherman. I had some really good people there. Uh, one of the guys that uh, had a big effect on me down there was a guy who came after me was Wayne Rowe. And he became uh, a really, really good sports writer down there. So, you know, that foundation and then moving on to Detroit and getting the opportunity in Detroit to cover things like the Red Wings, hockey team. I mean, I can't say enough about what my life has been and my career has been. So I'm really happy for the opportunity that God has put before me, and I'm happy to sit here and do this show with you. I, likewise, and I know I've seen you on a Netflix oh special yeah. Oh yeah. as well. Tell us a little bit about your Netflix special in our well, last well, minute and a half. Well, you got to understand, I, I'm from Africatown, uh, Plateau we used to call it, but I was born and raised in Africatown. My great-great-grandfather was on the Clotilda. So I'm very active in the community. I was past president of the Clotilla Descendants Association. And now we have a great opportunity in front of us because Africatown is going to be a jewel for Mobile going forward. We're talking about people that's going to be coming here from all over the world to visit this community. And Heritage House Museum will be opening up July the 8th. We have all kinds of artifacts that are going to be in there. We have to thank Commissioner Maseria Ludgood for the things she did to make this a reality. So I'm excited, man, about going forward in, in my home community and all the things that are happening. So many things are happening, Corey, that it's just too numerous to talk about right now. But I'm just excited, man, excited to be a part of this thing. And the name of that Netflix movie that you had a small role in? Descendant. The Descendant. Yeah, and Descendant. that's a, a wonderful watch. And Cleon Jones has played a huge part. Major part. In that. And Miracle Mets, Cleon yeah. Jones. and Major part in the community. And, and still part of the community. He's a living legend in the baseball community. Tommy Hicks mentioned him yeah. earlier today about one of the big assets to the Mobile community and the history that he has with the Mets. But again, I 
I can't thank you enough for sitting in with me today and bringing your sports knowledge and your coverage over some 40 years of, of sports, not only high school, collegiate, pro, and, and just being a true professional. And again, this weekend, you have an opportunity to wish those around you. If you know a mom out there, make sure you say happy Mother's Day. If your mom's no longer living, okay, we always have that big mama, that grandmama, somebody that we still lean on and call mama. Make sure you give them a huge and a big hug. And, again, the final drive, another great week. want to thank all my guests. It's Mark Heim, Nick Wiggins, Al Whedon. Of course, you look at today, Mr. Darren Patterson sitting in. For me, Jared Bates on Tuesday did a phenomenal job as well. Nathan, behind the glass, has done a great job all week long. So, Nathan, can't thank you enough for keeping us on track and on schedule. And don't forget to go back to WNSP now. You can check out the podcast. Of course, yesterday we had John Harbaugh on. That is still available on our WNSP Now podcast. Love that interview yesterday. And look forward to coming back again next week. Michael Bronner will be back. We'll be able to talk about officially our two-on-two loss and what we can do to get ready no for our cornhole. Yeah, no, no points. points. It was tough. You scored no points. It was tough, brother. It was tough. The final drive. Again, wishing everyone a happy Mother's Day. Have a great weekend happy and Mother's be safe. Day. Happy Mother's Day.